When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I'm your yes, co-host. Sir. Coach Mabel's, a.k.a. J. Mapes, here, as always, with my bro, Kings. Kings, what's going on with you, my guy? I know Sunday Night Football was rough, but you good? Talk to me. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to talk hoop, man. You know, <laughs> same, same old Raiders every year, so I'm putting football behind me. <laughs> all right, right, right. Um, we have a very special guest. Like, we've been getting lucky. You guys are rocking with the pod. It's growing. Uh, we have a very special guest this week, somebody that we've been trying to connect with for a minute now, reached yes, out. Sir. He turned back with us. We have the uh, the owner, operator of Ball Don't Stop. Uh, Akam, what's going on, my guy, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? It's good, man. We, uh, man, it's just been a long time coming, man. We, <laughs> we've talked about you on here before. Mm-hmm. Um, we tweet about how much we respect what you do, you know, even if we don't agree with everything, but, you know, you stand 10 toes down on what you believe in. Yes, uh, most importantly, do not respond to anybody. That's probably <laughs> the biggest, biggest thing you have to take man. away. You don't get a trolls of time of day, but uh, talk to us, man. What's going on with you? Man, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm happy to be on here. You know, the main thing, the main reason I connect with you guys and like, I, I just really, 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 bro, like I didn't even know I was a part of NBA Twitter like that. I just thought I was running my brand, running my company, posting right. shit. I didn't even know I was like that, but like, then I thought about it. I'm like, I'm giving so many opinions. I'm doing my podcast. So I, I just kind of became that right over time. Right. Um, so then like this, like past two months, I'm like, okay, if I'm, if I'm a part of this, I got to start following real basketball people and we're connecting with real basketball people because like, you guys know how Twitter is, man. Like Twitter is, <laughs> is Twitter even real half the time? Is Twitter even real? So I'm still trying to figure this shit out, bro. It's like, for years, I just ran it as a brand, as a company. And then, right. now, you know, I just thought I was another slam or another overtime, you know, like a another ball is life type situation. But it mm. wasn't, it didn't become, you know, that's not the deal when you're saying shit the way I say it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we would, it's like the way, it's the way you say it that right, right, we, right. we likely, uh, we, that, that caught our attention. But yeah, you are definitely part of the NBA Twitter, bro, whether you like yeah, it or not. Yeah. So then, I mean, embrace, embrace, embrace it, embrace it, bro. So, you know, and then I'm like, okay. All right. So I'm just still trying to navigate the space, you know, figure out who's what and, and what's going on. And there's just so much shit. It's like a circus, you know? Man. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. But you know, like it, it, it does like, um, like, but you meet people like I met Kings through here. We silent now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, started a pod that's kind of jumping. Like we connected okay. with you. So like, you know, use it the right way. You know, you, you come across some dope people and, and, you know, connect and network like that. So. Right, right, right. You're going to dive right into this. You despise analytics. And that is <laughs> that is kind of what we wanted to start jumping off with. And mm-hmm. I used to be all the way on that side with you. Like I'm just recently getting more into it and it's helped me understand or not understand, but see the game from a different light yeah. and respect. Um, 
you know, the other side of how to see it. Um, just King's going to happen after you go. It's like, what is your specific issue? Kind of with how analytics kind of like, it, we can tell it really bugs you. And it's like, <laughs> funny. So let's you know, start off it, with that. And then, you know, King's, King's can hop in right after. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I'm seeing this whole community of people, right? And they, they view, and all this, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I could say what I want about NBA Twitter. NBA Twitter is the things you see on TV, the things you see on, on mainstream media is to rile up that crop of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Those, those things that are being set on there by whether it's a fucking troll account, we don't know who is the person behind it. Like that shit, it heats up. It, it leads to something. Trust me, these networks are watching. These producers are looking at everything. And that is where you see the mainstream shit come from. So when you end up with the guys like Melo out of the league, right? Because of analytics. When you end up with guys like Derrick Rose out of the league with analytics, this shit is taking the fuck off. It's taking the game over to a, an extreme level, you know, because you're talking about all-time greats, you know, and they told us that these people don't belong in the sport because of analytics. Now, you know, it becomes a situation where I don't despise it like that, but I do have to fight aggression with aggression in that situation. Ah, you, you know what I mean? Okay. You, you, you've got to almost remember what the foundation of this game is. It's an art. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's not a math equation, no matter what they do. You guys know, you guys right. know the game, right? Like this at the end of the day is, is, is a, is a, a sporadic sport. You know, it's not something you can quantify just like that. And then you got all these people that I've never seen these motherfuckers involved in basketball. You know, you don't like you never. When did you ever, you know, play a pickup game with a with an analytics guy? When did you ever, you know, see an analytics guy sitting at a basketball game in high school, whether it's watching, playing, you know, and they're just crunching numbers that never happened till these past five, six years. And you saw this whole revolution of you know, and this whole noise. So it gave people an opportunity that were never involved with the game to be a part of the game, you know, and that's cool. That's all cool. I have, I'm not some gatekeeper dog. Like anyone can speak on the game whenever the fuck they want to speak on the game. But what, what bugs me out is how people are so quick to, you know, label certain guys and, and, you know, just summarize the situation with just a raw number. You can't do that. You know, I get analytics. you got to have context to the max though with numbers because the way analytics these guys are using analytics pro is like they're just throwing out a bunch of numbers but they themselves don't even know how that came about you know <laughs> they can't even tell you what, how and why behind it for example like we see kd right now shooting damn near 60 percent but like we could see and say yo like remember this is a guy that is probably not affected by these rules this is a guy that's probably locking in in a different way knowing that i'm gonna take some bumps i'm gonna take some shoves but I'm going to just get this shot off regardless, lock into my form, things like that, right? Like, they can't tell you what's actually behind that. They just spooling the numbers out, you know? Got you. Kings, go ahead, bro. Yeah, you know, for me, um, I, I was – it's funny because when you talk about when analytics pick, pick uh, kicked up, I laugh because I agree because that's literally when I started diving into analytics was literally that same time period, that same year you cite is when I became involved in analytics because that's when it really took off. That's when it was all over Twitter – uh, that's when some of the early analytics guys got started. They started posting a lot of their stuff. And I thought it was cool because it gave, you know, a great way to quantify things right. in terms of quantifying impact because it kind of, you know, a lot of the guys that they showed love to were really impactful players. And they also showed a lo- lot of love to some, you know, unsung heroes that you would watch and you would be like, hey, these guys are, you know, impacting the game. And then the analytics would be like, yeah, they're having a high impact on the team. And it's like, okay, so I started fucking with it. And then, uh, but you made a good point about aggression with aggression because, 
a lot, a lot of people don't realize. And then if you talk to a lot of people, analytics, a lot of those guys got hired by NBA teams. Right. Like a lot of these guys are in front offices. So when you see certain guys out the league or when you see certain guys not getting a shot, I understand why people have the backlash because a lot of these analytics that are being cited as why these guys are at the league, it's kind of true because they're in front offices. You know what I mean? Like they're sharing for their formulas and their equations with guys saying that, yo, this guy's not good. He, she doesn't really deserve to be in the NBA. You know, that's, that's being done behind, you know, behind the scenes. So I understand that. I also understand, like you said, it's a lot of people, you know, that it's, they, they're not really, they don't really understand the culture of, of basketball. Yes. Uh, you talk about the racial gap. You talk about the lack of cultural understanding. Right. It's, it's, it's clear as day with analytics and like, I like analytics. It's a great way to have context, but I always, I said this earlier, man, like, especially when people just cite random stats, like, a lot of these guys don't even know what goes into the equations. Like a lot of the people, a lot of the fans who use it don't actually know what goes into these equations. Like, like when you see a lot of, like I was talking when we had uh, Joseph on, right. Remember we had that analytics episode with Maples. I I talked with Joseph, how a lot of analytics are very skewed to towards rebounds because rebounds saves possessions and having possessions is so valuable to analytics. So rebounds is very, as a very analytic friendly stat, for example, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's a lot of things that goes into calculating these analytics, a lot of equations that go into it. And then there's, you got a lot of uh, analyst guys who come out, they'll make a statistic, they'll say this guy has this, that, but they won't even tell people what they did to calculate it. Right. So why are we like, how do we go off of this, um, this analytical tool you're using being correct, when we don't even know what you're using to quantify that. So when it starts to get into that area, of, oh, well, this is an analytic analytical tool, this is data, it is what it is, but you're not telling people what, how you're, how you're getting to this conclusion. Like that's when it's a problem. And they like to gatekeep it because like they want to keep it to themselves. They're trying to get hired, you know, yeah. by a front office and all that. It's a lot of politics that go into that, but it's like, right. how can the fan take, how can the fan just accept it when they don't understand what's going into it? You know what I mean? And, and I say shout out to basketball reference. Cause at least they like to keep their stats, you know, public they like to put all the <laughs> equations that they use to calculate they put it public so i respect you know outlets like that who like to keep everything transparent but these analysts guys who aren't transparent that's sh- that bothers me you know when you're no, not transparent for sure bro but that's become so much of the game because now you have regular like okay let's just put the trolls aside let's just yeah. put the trolls like those don't even count right like we're not we're, let's just not honor these kids that have <laughs> your favorite player as their fucking profile. We don't know who they are. <laughs> Forget that. We don't know who that is. It could be a fucking 12-year-old, you know, just getting involved. In. But let's just say the real actual people that are, you know, putting this stuff out. It, it confuses the general public and it, and it sucks the kind of like the purity out of the game, the essence of the game, you know. It, we got to be able to put two and two together. You know what I mean? Uh, I get it. I, I get it. It's a tool. It's a tool. It can be a very valuable tool, no doubt. But it's a tool and it's nothing more than a tool. You can't, you know, I don't think you should, you can make a playing style based on analytics, strictly on analytics. Houston Rockets, and that's the part, that's, that's just what I was about to say. The issue is, instead of it being a tool, like you mentioned, it's now the end all be all. That's what I mean. And, that is, and, sure. that is issue, and that's what got the Rockets, because this year they built that whole math equation. We're going to beat the Warriors, taking nothing but threes. Yep. And then all of a sudden, something that math can't see. They remember they missed that 27 straight. They have no counter. 
Right. He missed 27 straight threes. There's no counter for that. Because right? you can't measure nerves. You can't it's, measure nerves. Exactly, you can't measure pressure. Exactly. You can't so measure, think, like, now the closeouts are different, you know? Now these right. guys are closing, you're closing out on them different. So the shot's going to feel different, you right. know what I mean? And the other thing on top of that is two other things. One, the other problem with that is defensive analytics are pretty much broken. It's impossible to track yeah. Like it's hard, it's, it's hard to quantify stuff. It's all, they're all team-based too. Like right. all it's, the exactly. defensive analytics are yeah. team-based. It's, it's hard to quantify. It's getting stuff that's getting a little better, like starting to track guys who chase the ball and fight over screens. Like it's getting a little better. Lower it's lower so right, 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 right. right. Like it's, 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 got a long, it's got a long way to go. The other issue, which is more serious for me and more pressing going into the future, is that that community is creating spaces that are like exclusionary. That's my problem. That's my problem, a certain bro. Part, a certain level of math or accessibility. Or you don't have a subscription. Are they doing that? Doing yeah, if you, don't have, if you don't have a subscription to certain like, you know, sites, then right. you can't yeah, understand yeah, how they're right. quantifying yeah. it. And then, and then, bro, what makes me mad, and, you know, this is me being a scientist in the PhD program, right? Because, you know, when you collect data, when you show data, right? You know, no scientists aren't just going to accept that face value, bro. They're going to ask you, how did you come up with this? Right. Nobody's going to look at you saying, oh, well, this shows this and this is this quantification we got. They're going to be like, "Okay, how did you get that? And it's like you can't like you can't ask that to these people because their formula is their gold mine. So they're not going to like a lot of these formulas that they're trying to sell to teams to get hired. They're not going to show the general public. So it's like it's it's kind of hard, you know, to have a good conversation because a lot of it is gatekeep, bro. It's like. So like that's, that's another thing though like if you really look at the roots of this shit like this is my main frustration with that when i look at analytics as a whole i'm seeing people that 10 or 15 years ago had nothing to do with basketball wouldn't be involved in basketball weren't fans of basketball it's a hustle that's what i mean so it's like <laughs> now this became their thing to get involved with the game you know um they took it, like you're saying, that's beyond making it a fucking tool to improve the game. That's just some other shit that they're doing, right? Making this exclusive club, things like that. It's almost like, you know, I, I sense it. It's like, oh, we weren't a part of that club. Um, you know, so now we're going to create our own little club. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can't be a part of this club. You know what I mean? So it's really deep. A lot of this shit is deep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and, I, and I think, like I said, and there are like we had a really cool guy, um, Joseph Gill, yeah. who has his own athletic company. But his analytic company actually he presents data to players, yeah. who and to help and to help them work on their game and get signed overseas yeah. or drafted. Like he actually does. Like that's his living. He takes right. the data he does and goes out to actual players and says, "Hey, you need to play this way. It can, this can make you X amount of, you know, hundred thousand more dollars." Real, real people's just, person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like Joseph Gill, shout out Joseph Gill, Merck Analytics. I think he's doing it. Like guys who actually do that to actually help the game push forward. Like I respect that to the utmost. Because you know that's working. That's working with the players. You know exactly, what I mean? It's exactly, not you exactly. making your own thing and you trying to go to go through the background with front offices and other business exec type guys. You're like, hey. You know, you 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 go into the community. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. hey guys, I got this number. That's where analytics yeah. is good, right there. You could, you know, break down your entire fucking game and see where I need to improve. See yeah, where I yeah. need. You know, uh, maybe you maybe at the forty-five, you're not hitting that shot. Maybe that forty-five, mm -hmm. if you hit yep. that shot, that could be the difference between getting a spot. You know, exactly. Right. So that, that's you know, it kind of organizes your day-to-day -day, for not for every single player like it's different for a Lou Will type of player he's going to be all over the place but for a role player like an eighth or ninth man or a three and D guy yep yeah it could come in real useful because he that's his job right there you know what yep. I mean? yeah I think I think Kevin Durant said it best he was like arguing with somebody back and forth big analytics guy he was like the top two or three players on the team should even be caring about analytics 
Yeah. Just go out and hoop. <laughs> Everybody else fit, fit in around that. And I think yeah. that was like a pretty simplified way. Like your best guy go out and you get the shots that you're comfortable with and we'll yeah. build the team around that. I think that was That's a great, a, a great way to do it. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, Akim, you know, unknowingly set the Twitter world on fire when he dropped his uh, <laughs> top 75 basketball talents of all time. To be fair, I'll say he said basketball talents. The list says basketball talents yep. of all times. Um Full disclosure, Akim, you got two Bay Area guys here. So we first asking you, you said it lightly, why is the West Oakland legend Bill Russell? <laughs> I was going to go to that. <laughs> not on your top 75 Look, talent man. list. So go ahead and tell us. You, you gave a brief, a brief breakdown. But before we go into the rest of so tell us why Bill Russell is now on this list. Bill Russell, I, I don't respect no, too many people more than that name because look what he's okay. If you really look at the history of Bill Russell, right? Ooh, that shit, yes, that in Boston, shit, yes. That shit, that shit is much bigger than basketball right there. Mm. Bill Russell did, you know? So for a, a regular dude like me to come in and say, oh, no, this guy's top 50. Because I don't, I don't think Bill Russell is a top 25 ability-wise talent. If you look at the evolution of the game, you look at the evolution of the big, the competition and things like that. But I don't want to be the guy that goes on camera and shits on Bill Russell's era and, you mm -hmm. know, brings him down because of that. Right. Um, right. That's okay. why it was a tricky thing, you know, because it's like Bill Russell, I, what, what, what am I going to say? Who am I to say Bill Russell played against smaller dudes Bill Russell only shot, you know, 42. Like, I don't even want to break this down right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. you got two Bay Area guys in front of you. We had to ask. That's what I mean. Like, I don't want to I don't want to do that to Bill Russell. You know, any other player I'm down to do that to. You know what I mean? But Bill Russell is like, that's untouchable territory. So it's like, if I don't think he's top 25, they're going to come from my neck if I put him in the 26 to 51. Or if they put him in the, in the um, if I'm, right. you know, 50, 50 and beyond or whatever, right? So it was a tricky, tricky thing. You know, what I should have done is I should have put in the front of the episode, Bill Russell won't be on this list for this reason. Yeah. I should have, okay, yeah. I should have put it at the at the top of the list as this well right next to it, right? Because it kind of confuses people when you look at the list and he's not on there, right? And then you look at the resume, he should be on there. But remember, I was looking at, I was doing this list strictly off ability and, you know, who your competition was, things like that. I just felt wrong you know, as like a lover of the game and respecting Bill, put, not putting him in the top 25 and not, and then having to go justify why he's in that. When I justify, it would have sounded bad because I would have said shit like his competition wasn't this and that. He was going up against smaller dudes. 
His field goal percentage as a big man was this, things like that. I don't want it to sound nice, you know what I mean? Right. Well, you just got to flip it. You know, he was a black guy who made those accountants on the Celtics uh, champions. You feel me? Just flip it that way. <laughs> we, we, we don't care about Paul Ayers and Bob Cousy over here, bro. Hey, we know, hey, we he, know what it is. <laughs> he, 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 he gave Will hell, man. Yeah, right. He gave right, Will right. hell. Yeah, yeah, so like we, that's this one thing we disagree. I mean, looking at these names, I mean, Kings can chime in after. I mean, I went through these names. Names to me aren't bad. Like you didn't rank them. You just had the three tiers, if I correct, right? Yeah. Top 25, 25 to 51, and then final 25. So this wasn't an order. This was just names, right? It wasn't yeah, yeah, order, just right? names, not an order. Yeah. order. So, yeah, so you just had your, your three tiers. Um, yeah. I... What you got, yeah, bro? You questions. got it. Come at me. Come at me with anything. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to let Kings have I just have to figure out. You love Jamal Crawford, bro. I see it today. <laughs> you love Molly Crawford. And I respect it. He's one of the most entertaining players ever. Yeah, I just yeah. don't know about a top 75, my brother. That's all. So what – it's so, like it's hard for me to put put him in like top 75 of all time. Man, 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 you got him over guys like the Iceman. Yeah, yeah that's what I say. George, you, you had, you had, like George Gervin wasn't on there, and he was like, you know. So just go ahead, go ahead. You didn't after this, ask this ahead. This is the thing, like George Gervin, Bernard King, yeah. Bernard King, Alex, man. That's what Alex English, Alex English, Alex English. You know, um, there's a few more. Jerry, like you could argue Jerry West, Pete Maravich, right? It sounds crazy to put a six man from the modern day over those types of guys that dominated their era, right? But you got to remember, like, if you really watch the episode, I'm breaking this down important, you know, like the evolution of the wing, like what we saw those guys do has been sped the fuck up by 10. What we saw those guys do in their time, if you're talking about like greatness translate over era, right? I get that resumes and things like that translates over era, but ability like for ability when, when I had to dismiss an entire generation of wings just based on what I saw, you know what I mean? Because George Gervin, Alex English, I'm looking at them move on the court. I'm looking at them get shots off. It's not even close to the level of these guys that you see now in terms of Jimmy Butler and Paul George. And it just goes on and on from the 90s. You know what I respect about that? You went back and watched the film and didn't just yeah. look at the stats. You know what? That, that's the part I respect. Go ahead, Ken. And, and number two, and this I think what a lot of people like, and I think this is what a lot of people started to gravitate towards you after time is that they understand you have a criteria and you're consistent. Yeah, with it. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people respect because what happens with these type of lists is that people start picking and choosing what they care about. People start having, you know, like this one guy, because he has a certain resume, it's okay that he wasn't that good. You know, he didn't, wasn't that advanced or whatever, because he did this during his time. And then there's another guy who was really good, like a team act, but he doesn't have this much accomplishment. So we're not going to really rank him like that. But you really straight up say, you know what? Do you have this skill set? Did you have this impact? Were you able to do these things on the court? And I think a lot of people respect that. You're just consistent with that. That's it, man. That's it. So I was, if I went by my criteria, bro, and it sounds crazy, I had to dismiss a whole generation of wings before the 80s because I just don't think they were on par skill-wise, speed-wise, strength-wise, competition-wise, defense, like the comp the defensive pressure that they saw. What that did is it created a situation now where it opened the door for my specific list, for guys like, if you really put the George Gervins and the Alex Englishes and them away, who's next? If you look at my list, everyone else I got, but then who were the next wings and the guards that were to come in? Right. Who really missed, you know, like you're saying George Gervin, based on my criteria, who I really, and this is where it became tricky with Jamal and Joe Johnson, and I'll tell you why they got the nod, is because I missed guys on my criteria 
Latrell Sprewell, who at his peak probably had more ability than both those guys, you know, because both ends, he's playing both ends of the floor and he's a freak athlete. Right. Then you have guys like Tim Hardaway. Then you have mm-hmm. guys like um, there's there's guys like even Allen Houston had a moment and and Michael Red. Michael Red. Michael Red. Like, yeah, yeah, see, like I I wouldn't like I, I can't put I can't put Molly Crawford over Tim. Yeah, Hardaway. yeah. So then we got <laughs> Michael Red. There's guys like that, but. I'm, you got to remember, I'm bringing longevity into this, too. There's Rip Hamilton, okay. you know, like okay. there's Rip Hamilton as well. There's guys like that. And, um, you know, for those guys, like they had runs, you know, four, five, six, seven years, run, seven year runs. Then I'm looking at Jamar Crawford, a 19 year, 20 year career. Now, you know, it should be noted that maybe I am biased. He's my guy. He's my boy. You know, like, <laughs> we do, like we've done work together many, many times. You know, we do games. We he comes out, we do a prime game together. Also, that means I've seen Jamar Crawford cook regular dudes, regular NBA guys in private runs and seen him do some shit that if it was put on camera, you know, like the, the, the internet would kind of break for a moment, but out of respect, <laughs> it wasn't on camera. So like, okay. you know, I looked at Jamar Crawford. I look at his game. I test wise, he fits my criteria. You guys know that part, right? right. It's, it's what, what, what was a head scratcher is he's not an all-star. He's not, uh, all NBA guy and things like that. So it comes down to the resume, but he does have his own unique resume, which is what I made clear, you know, you're arguably looking at arguably the best six man of all time. Right. Then you got a situation, sixth all time threes made then almost. And the one thing they don't know, 20,000 career points. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to ask okay. you, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you guys, would you rather have, and let's just put the seventies, eighties guys away. Now let's, let's see what you, if you were, if you were given a choice, of this is the career you're going to have. Either you're going to be a Michael Red that comes in, or you're going to be like a Jerry Stackhouse that comes in and has like a or a Rip Hamilton that have, you know, like six really good years, and you're like a two-time All-Star, and you might be an All-NBA selection maybe here and there. Or would you play for 20 years, be good for 20 years, or 18 out of 20 years, have these accolades right here, be arguably the greatest at your role, which is one of the most important roles. I had mm-hmm. to put a reserve on this, you know, because that six-man role is crucial. Fair. Okay, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, what what would you do? What would you do, in your opinion? I want, I'm want. i curious to know. Uh, well, 20 years getting NBA checks, um, I'm definitely leaning <laughs> no, that way. No, let's just put the money aside. <laughs> aside. Money, oh, aside. Money, uh, money aside, like, honestly, Rip, Rip, Rip wasn't too bad. Like they was on a contender both years. He was high paid for a few years. Like I probably lean Rip to be honest. Like I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to hold you, man. Stackhouse had kind of a long career too. I and think Stackhouse was, played for a while too. Remember he, 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 he was a yeah. yeah. So I mean, but it's, it's close. The point, the point is, it's close. The point is, it's close. So it's, it's close. something to think about. Yeah, it is close. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where you have peak play because Stackhouse really fell off towards the end of his career, whereas Jamal was still a high functioning six man bench guy more towards the end of his career. So. I understand the, the mentality. And, 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 you know, I thought it was a G moment how, you know, like a dude in his last game, his last full game, put up 51. Now, had he retired that night after the 51 and dropped the mic, that would have been a monumental thing, whether they lost the game or not, whether it was a shitty-ass regular season, you know, up and down, nobody gives a fuck about defense-type game. Right. He would have really put the cherry on top of his career, would have wrote his own story. I just thought that was such a unique talent, you know, that I could come off the bench, and give y'all 50 
starting from the third quarter, second quarter on, I might put 50 on y'all. So I thought that ability was always hidden. You know, I thought he could have been a go-to guy in certain moments. And, and like I said, that's the part we respect. Like, obviously, this stuff from you is like, well, taught out, and you watched the film. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. even yeah. if we disagree, it's like, well, you know, he saw yeah. what he saw. I, you know, I, like, I, I knew there was going to be disagreements on that one, of course. Like, I knew there's going to be a couple of disagreements. On Give me more, though. What else you right. think? I mean, I, like I said, the, the, most of the names I saw were fine. Like, you didn't rank them. Like, but in this day, it's like, yeah, I have that guy there. You had to have this guy there, but just, I mean, I'll let Kings go next, but as far as like the most of the names I saw, I didn't have like a lot of pushback from like a top 75 list. Like the list is hard. You're talking about 75 years, all these teams every year, like it's tough, but the okay. names I saw, like, I was like, mm, yeah, I, maybe this guy, but it's nothing egregious. Like decided to build Russell mission. And I stated that go ahead, Kings. Anything else you saw? Yeah, man, I mean, for me, it's just like, and I think, and I guess this is like, uh, this is where it comes to perspective though. Um, I'm a very heavy. I'm heavy with the big man. Oh yeah, so King, King, King's, King's, King's like his big bro, man. I am too, though. I am too. That position is done. They say, "Why are you talking about guards all day? All you see in this league now is guards." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm. So for me, it's like certain bigs who are who who uh, you know just revolutionize the game. Even not even from an offensive standpoint. I think I think too with me and these lists. And this is kind of why I don't drop these lists because for me, I also have my own preferences. Because I like, you know, guys have individual talents, but I also kind of see basketball in the sense that, okay, if we're talking, it has to be what type of list you're talking about. And that's why I appreciate you said 75 talents, because we're talking about also, you talk about players and it's like, what do you, what, what do you want from a player? Mm. Do you want him to be a, to help your team win and to get championships and to maximize your team success? Because that's the goal of basketball. Because if you talk about that, then you have to look at guys like Draymond Green. Then you have to look at guys like Dennis Rodman. You know what I mean? Ben, ben Wallace, Wallace. Ben Wallace. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, then it's guys who aren't pretty offensively, but all this shit that they do makes teams win. You know what I mean? They, they It takes good teams and it raises their ceiling to be even better teams. Yeah. So it's like, it really comes for me. It's like, it's criteria. Who had, what's your criteria and do you stick with it? And that's all, that's all I can do with lists, bro. Because like, if I say your list is wrong, this like, it's wrong based on how I rank players. Yeah, 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 no doubt. No, like, you know what it is, man? Like, Ben Wallace was, I respect the shit out of the big. You know, the big man now isn't what the big man once was. The big man was the more, most important position on the floor. Right. You know, like, the, the game ran through the big man. Yep, there was a know, time. The big man at the rim on the other end. So I'm like, this is why Ben, like, Ben's a four, four-time defensive player of the year, right? Yeah. Um, I had to give that spot to Dikembe. I had to give that spot to Alonzo. Alonzo uh, is another great one, too. You know, because Ben wasn't outstanding offensively. It's right. not even that it wasn't pretty. It's not even that it wasn't pretty. It's that any and Draymond, too, is that they didn't stand out enough offensively on that end right. to be able to beat those two guys for that specific spot. I get that. I get that. Right, so yeah, big shout out to Zoe and uh, uh, to Dikembe. Actually, those are two other guys I was thinking of. So if you, right. you know, I, I don't think I saw them on there. So if you have them too, I, I can't really. You were think. on there, bro. I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't, yo, I didn't put Rucker Park on there, bro. This was, <laughs> <laughs> those are two great players, right. man. Can't yeah. hate. Absolutely. So real quick, like this is not something I sent you, but we can just take like five minutes here. So sure. uh, I meant to talk about this. Me and Kings are going to dish this, but then we, we, we hit you up and see if you wanted to come through. Scottie Pippen's been saying a lot lately, yeah. right? And you took you had a very spicy take about Scotty. Uh-huh. I, I I've been able to compartmentalize like Scotty to me, um, in the conversation, if not the greatest sidekick in NBA history, in, in my opinion. 
Um, you know, Kareem Magic, whoever you consider one, two there. Obviously, he's in there. Uh, Shaq and Kobe, you know, however you feel about those two, if you don't think it's 1A, 1B, right? So, but I think Scotty's firmly in that conversation. Um, I read snippets of the book, or I, I read all NBA literature. So I ordered, I'm going to read the book. I, read, I love NBA literature. I think it gives you context about, you know, what was happening in certain eras, guys who lived through it. Um, yeah. Only thing, it, it's starting to come off like, you know, Scotty wants to be seen like it was an equal partnership with Michael Jordan. And it's just guys who rather you watch, even Kings, who they're LeBron, LeBron's his goal, MJ's my goal. It's like, even us, like, who were just same basketball fans, we just like, what are you doing, uh, Scott? It's, it's, it's never, it wasn't that way. It's never going to be seen that way. So right. what? What I saw you say some wild stuff about Scotty. So what? So, that was another situation. Aggression had to be aggression. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Scotty Pippen is trying to sell his book, right? You got to remember. That, right? <laughs> Scotty Pippen is trying to sell his book right now, you know, and he's sounding like real desperate. Like you could kind of sense it when it's like beyond, you know, like, Yo, there's no way Scottie Pippen is that ridiculous that he actually believes some of the shit he's saying. There's just no <laughs> way, bro, that Scottie Pippen believes some of the shit he's saying. So I just kind of laugh at it. But my thing with Pippen is, bro, he's the perfect second guy of all time. He That's was cool. the, the perfect second guy right. of all time, you know. And in that era where the game was played on both ends, you can argue possibly defensively first, you know. Mm-hmm. Scotty Pippen was a top tier, ultra valuable, you know, player in that time in that league. You know what I mean? But if you look at the history of the league and what happened after Scotty Pippen basically, you know, retired and left the league, it turned into a whole different sport, you know? So looking at the guys that came at the SF position, you know, the small forward position, I'm looking at all these wings that were spent, you know, their job was to go get 40, you know, with the Paul Pierce and the Mello and the Durant and yo, I'm talking either like not even on those guys level, bro. There's other guys, guys like Rudy Gay that for a couple of years had to be the go-to guy, you know, and like, yo, go get us 25 dog. I'm looking at all these names and I'm like, damn, like, will Scotty, would Scotty be able to do that? You know, would Scotty be able to, you know, cause Scotty was great as like a cutter. Scotty was great as a lob man. Scotty was great. You know, he had a nice little mid range, you know, he had a touch. He was a good finisher. He played above the rim and things like that ran the floor, you know, but how does Scotty Pippen eat? It wasn't off creation. It wasn't off one-on-one Devin Booker, jab, jab, step back, you know, things like that. Yeah. See, and that, and I get you not in that, and some of that is, and I'll say the same thing is, is the triangle offense, but Scotty, okay. I'll say the Scotty was a de facto point guard. Right. But that Bulls were like, when Phil took MJ off the ball, yeah. right? So, so if, if, I, if I look at his skill set, though, you know, like, it, and that's why I said Iguodala. That's why another thing, it sounded wild, right? But Iguodala, I can see, see Scotty's Iguodala on steroids. Like, that, that, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Similar, place, similar place style. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, actually. So even, even if you search it up, Scotty Pippen and Iguodala have had sit downs about their similarities about, you know, how common their game is. Problem is, if, if Andre Iguodala, what is Andre Iguodala in today's league? Let's just go five back, five years back when he became finals MVP, right? Scott, uh, Andre Iguodala was not looked at as one of the top premier talents in the NBA. Am I correct? Well, I think I'm not, not a team or time, but he was a, he, I think he was a top five defensive player in the league and at his, at his height. I don't know if Kings agrees that I think at his height of his powers. The height of his powers would be Denver or Philly though. Right. I'm saying much at that time, like you wouldn't want, I, I wouldn't want Eagle Dollar being number one on my team, but yeah. defensively, 
I, I think Scotty would still be a top tier player defensively. But like, Scotty um, probably one of the greatest defenders. That, ever. That's what I'm saying. I think he probably, he's probably a top five perimeter defender of all time. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's okay, 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 okay. I'd be the best. Right. Yeah, so might he might even be the fucking best. You're right. You know, at that size with that wingspan with those feet. But I just don't see like Scotty Pippen. There's go to guys. There's first options. There's lead offensive creators. I just can't put Scotty in that role. And at the end of the day, that role is what made this game. When you think of the best of the best, you think of Michael Jordan, you think of LeBron James, you think of Dwayne Wade, you think of Steph Curry's, KD's, Kobe's, all these dudes, right? There's a different, that's a whole different tier of players, bro, and a whole different tier of leadership and, and, and you know, responsibilities on a night to night basis. So I think Absolutely. Scotty Pippen is saying some shit that's out of his lane. And I think, you know, I just don't get it. Right. Go ahead, King. Go, go ahead, King. Go ahead. I'll, I'll give love to Scotty in the sense that, you know, MJ retired, you know what I mean? And then, you know, the Bulls, they went seven with a team that went to the finals and went seven with one of my goats, Hakeem. You know what I mean? Obviously, we all know Hakeem put Ewing in hell and, and <laughs> he played those boys off the floor in seven games. But, you know, Pippen and the Bulls, they gave them all they could ask for, you know, and that was losing MJ, not getting any anything in return. So I think with Pippen, too, I think a lot of it, like it comes from selling the book, obviously, but I do think with all the you know things he's gone through in his personal life that's been publicized, unfortunately, in recent, yeah, unfortunately in the recent years, and then you have the fact that you know he did get underpaid for years, and uh, you know what I mean, and then with the whole thing with the uh you know with the with the MJ doc coming out and all that, I I do think there's some there's some pent up frustration that he had, right that. He, that he was able to get off and it's the climb and also it's the climbing to get it off yeah because there's there's what we there's what people perceive as a challenger to MJ's title right now so it's also a perfect time for him to get his stuff off without the backlash because there's people who say well yeah MJ's not the best because we had you know I, I don't need to go into the the, the, the debates with that one. But, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that I think too that just plays into why he's he's saying it at, at this point. For sure, bro. For sure, that whole that whole era, like that whole era of the Bulls, you gotta remember, bro. For like 15 years, it's weird, but it's almost like we've skipped the 2000s era of basketball. You know, it's almost like the way basketball is spoken on is like that era doesn't exist. Now, if you remember, you guys um, grew up in that era as well, just like myself. You know, like no one was talking about the Bulls and Scottie Pippins and all that anymore. Like that, it was like a chapter that was closed. And they have moved on. And like you said, the LeBron talk, the GOAT talk, these conversations have opened the book for that era to be more relevant than ever, right? Um, you would think it happened three years ago, the way they talk about the Bulls and Jordan. <laughs> so, like, you're right, man. What you're saying is deep shit. There is some, you know, animosity. He's a little bit bitter, maybe, you know, about, about a bunch of shit. So the timing is exactly right. what you're saying, bro. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because I, I remember I was, I was, uh, I thought like you said some wild stuff about Scotty, but like I said, man, you, you, you explained it, so you feel me? You got even if, if like, I disagree with would you, would you, even if you look at the Bulls in that '94 year, that's the one year they talk about it. Their downfall was that they didn't have a creator at the end of games when Phil Jackson drew up that play. Yep. Tony Kukoc, Scotty Pippen was mad, right? But you think Phil Jackson didn't know that Scotty Pippen ain't like that offensively? <laughs> hey, hey, listen. The proof was in the pudding. That's 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 that's. A I mean, he, he was he was dropped, he was giving Kobe the ball at age twenty. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, so. no. So let's get into. I'm glad we know. Let's get to a little bit of what's going on in, in the league right now. Um, 
what I want to talk about, I saw you Aiken, put some stuff out about Paul George. I just wanted to touch. They lost a close one of the Bulls who were also. I, know, I just saw that. Right, but, yeah, man, um, PG, the Clippers, Lou, pretty much pretty much holding the fort down without without their guy. They've been the most impressive team. I thought they would be a, a five, six kind of seed, uh, trying to hold on until Kawhi gets back. But those boys are flowing. Um Talk, talk. Let's start with Kings, then go on to Aikum. Kings, what, what are you seeing with with the the Clippers right now? I'm seeing like Lou has those guys with really open spaced out floor. He's playing tons of different combinations, lineups, keeping the floor space. Zubac is having a, a career year. I think last time I checked, um, it just tons of shooting as always. You know, Lou and his spacing principles. You know how Lou is, man. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I like you know I me. Mean, I've been fighting that Ty Lue battle for fucking how yeah. long on the timeline, bro? I've been telling people for years. I was doing, I was fighting the battle during LeBron's run. Like I had to tell people because you know I'm a Bron guy. I had to tell Bron fans like, bro, Lou is a good coach, but I had so many Bron fans saying, oh, Lou is terrible. He don't know what he's doing. I'm like, bro, Lou is a good coach. Look at how many adjustments he is making in the game to maximize LeBron to give the Cavs a chance to go on a run when LeBron is there and to really get the most out of the guys that he has. I'm like, actually pay attention to things. Obviously people were ignoring it. They were just talking about the Brown, but I'm glad with this past playoff run, right. With the Clippers and with all the negativity that comes with Paul, you know, Paul George and can he overcome his demons? When you have Kawhi go out and you saw the Clippers go and beat down the Utah jazz and then go to Phoenix and to give them all they could handle with undermanned guys playing beautiful offense, and then you see this season, right? Um, even after a slow start now, you still see Paul George continuing having great seasons. You're seeing Bledsoe look more competent. You're seeing Reggie Jackson continue from what he built uh, um, on with, with Ty. Ty is great at maximizing guys offensively. Yes, if you get guys yes, that yes. fit in his system, that fit in the way he wants to play, he is going to maximize those guys. There's a reason why I kept telling people, man, the Lakers are going to be regret not having both Ty and Vogel because we could have had both. You know, the, that was the, the, uh, the goal yeah, was to that. get Lou and then to have Vogel be the assistant. Like, that was the number one priority. And it's some stuff going on with Lakers and money, and I don't want to get into all this <laughs> politics. But it's like Ty Lou is a great coach, man. And uh, I, this doesn't surprise me because the, the Clippers are – full of veterans and capable players who are and talented players. So, uh, you know, Clippers, they're going to keep holding it down until Kawhi comes and at full health, man, the Clippers are as good as anybody in this league. Like that's a true title contender. All right, go ahead, Agam. Yeah, no, Ty Lue is everything you're saying about Ty Lue is pure facts. He's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, the way they came back from 3-1 against the Warriors, by the way, Ty Lue does not get enough credit for the adjustments he that made. King, King says that all I the always, time. <laughs> I always try to tell people. Every single every single year I'd be trying to tell them, man. But they uh, didn't uh, believe uh, it. They didn't believe it. You know what I mean? But, no, I'm actually surprised, bro, because, yeah, I mean, you guys probably heard it when I kept saying repeatedly, Paul George needs to be the first option and run that offense in the in L.A., right, as the Clippers' lead guy. It needs to flow through him. I thought it was an awkward fit with Kawhi. And if you notice, since Kawhi went down, we've seen Paul George go back to the Paul George that emerged in Indiana, correct? Yeah, yeah. you can say even better. Yeah, even I think better. He's, he's, he's not as athletic, but he's a better basketball player. Better player for sure. Yeah. So we're looking at Paul George. It's almost like you remember Paul George at one point became a fucking meme. 
Yeah, I think I think it, 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 you know the the bubble just it, it was a lot, but uh, I, I think before the bubble too, because with you know yeah. with the Joe, I was one of those people with the Joe Ingles. That's right, remember what, 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 like, what was like like for twelve on game winners or something like no, that. No, but it's one thing. It's one thing to just like I get the jokes. The jokes are just yeah. the fun part of shit. You know, I get that, bro. But I'm saying Paul George at one point, people have forgot who Paul George was, or were forgetting who Paul George is. Right when Kawhi goes down. You see them flowing a whole different way, you know, and you got to remember who this guy is, a natural creator. Right. Um, and then that Clippers team was a few, a few, you know, a few less fuck ups away from possibly winning the West. You know, that's true. That inbounds play. They go yeah, down exactly. to all the Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So if you look at that, if you look at this situation right here, man, Paul George. Damn near took these guys to the finals the moment Kawhi went down. What the fuck would the narrative have been? You know what I mean? And it's like. <laughs> So what I'm saying now is I was shocked because I'm like, no way these guys could follow that up. They were undermanned then. They just didn't have the I'm not saying, I'm not saying um, you know, he's he needs no Kawhi. Like he, you need to replace Kawhi with I think for Paul George would be like a front court player like a Sabonis, a front court player like a cat, a front court player like a like a you know, I think he would fit naturally with those guys better than he would with a Kawhi and still be able to now ask yourself this. We don't have Kawhi out there right now. What if the, the Clippers had Sabonis or Cat or shit, even a, even a Porzingis instead of Zubak? What do you think they would be like? I am completely anti Porzingis. So I, I would take Zubak over Porzingis. That's, that's just me. I'm not a Porzingis. I, 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 yes, Porzingis. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Lou might drop some magic, but you brought up a good name that I think needs to go to a, a different team, a Cat. Now, yeah. if you talk about a cat, that's a pretty, you know, dangerous well, like, offensive I think, team. I, I told my boy, I said, now, look, if the Clippers had embraced Paul George and had cat last year in that Sun Series, I think the Clippers won the championship last year. Mm, that's that's spicy. First of all, you got to be Kings just want Kawhi on his Timberwolves. That's why he said that. He would trade cat for Kawhi. You got uh, he a Timberwolves but, fan. <laughs> but honestly, I, I get the I get the point because I, t- I told people that it's, it, and the, this is why people think say the Clippers need a point guard. They needed a, um, a, a, a or a rim pressure guys like there's redundancy um, with Kawhi and PG in terms of role and skill set. So I understand that mentality because uh, when they put Kawhi and PG together, it was with the uh, notion that, um, you know, it's a wings league. Let's get the best wings together and then just put them on the same team and we'll be we'll be there. Work that if you look at Jason Tatum, Mark, uh, Jalen Brown, same situation. Yeah. Right now. And now people are talking about splitting those guys up, you know, because of the same thing, the team fit. So I get what you're saying, because it, it goes into what I was we were, we were talking about Maples with the Westbrook situation in L.A. Team fit, you know, is, is the, are the skill sets complementary complementary. To the players, I do think with Kawhi and with Ty Lue's uh, genius and with how they looked when they were healthy, I do think they would be able to win a chip uh, together. I, yeah. I do think Ty Lue has that. Yeah, I just I'll just add that the last year, Kawhi became an excellent playmaker. Like it's always been a weakness of his, but last year was a first year where he like was making reads out of getting double from the mid range and getting yeah. off the ball quicker. So I think it worked a little better. Last year. Another I thing think, you got to notice, though, yeah. Another thing you got to understand, bro. Like Kawhi Leonard is a three-level scorer. He's more made for a triangle offense. He's more made for you know playing out. And of that's the- what Lou was running. Right, was running for him. Lou was running. That's what I mean, him. but Lou was actually going kind of against his principles. Lou likes to space the floor, drive, yep, kick. Yeah, yep, that's that's Lou, his thing. Lou, Lou was like Lou, like Paul George fits Lou's style, Lou's actual style more than Kawhi does naturally. Yeah. So. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Like Paul George ain't picking up his dribble. Paul George's drive kick. You know he doesn't let the ball. He doesn't let the play die out. He's always liable to make a play out of tough corners. You know he keeps it flowing real well. You know it comes down to his handle. It comes down to that's why I talk about these things like you know break a guy's individual skills down. Like Paul George being who he is in terms of ball handling, in terms of like his fluidity and the way he maneuvers on the court. It does beautiful things for this Clipper offense, which is a key thing. He's basically a point guard right now. You know, that's why that's why you see the Clippers thriving right now, because Paul George is playing similar to a LeBron role, similar to a point forward role where he's able to empower these other role players around him. I'm shocked the Clippers are this good. I don't think he has help. I don't think I don't think Reggie I don't think Reggie Jackson the second guy like they, they got yeah, I'll say this the, the the sum is bigger than the parts it's definitely you, that team you know you know you bringing up that point is pretty interesting because when we look when we go back to the Clippers playoffs last uh, last run right and we look at the first uh, the first series against the Mavs how they went through uh, hell with the Mavs right PG PG was on and off it was we thought you know Kawhi had a great series right but PG was on and off. And, uh, you know, it was more – they were getting key contributions here and there for guys, but it was more so Kawhi get his, everybody help, and let's get enough stops to win. Yeah. When you went to the Jazz, it was kind of similar things in, in, the, in those first, first, the first few games. But you had a great point. When Kawhi went down, notice the outburst you saw from Terrence Mann. Notice the outburst you saw from Reggie Jackson. You know what I mean? All those guys, when they started running, like you said, that continuous live dribble offense – the continuous rim pressure driving kick like Terrence Mann was now attacking closeouts because they were driving and kicking all day all day and the jazz was like leaving him open thinking he wasn't going to do anything and the next you know he's dropping 40 because he's he's playing because he's not able to play his game because now they're doing driving kicks so there's actually some kind of truth to the play style I think this is the things that people miss when they when you talk hoops is that guys play different under different play styles. This is why I said Bledsoe will look different with the Clippers because it's like when Bledsoe, who's a driving kick guy, is playing with the team that spaces out the whole floor so he can drive and kick all day long, it's going to look better. Like, it's just common sense. Exactly. Right. Right. Good stuff, guys. And the last thing I'm going to talk about before we we do, we finish with our last topic, man, the Cavaliers, man. Um, I think me and Kings maybe had them like a year away. Um, I did too. Yeah, it, but because like we both had him outside of ten when we did our season preview. Yeah, but just Garland's made an incredible leap. They found the generational rookie, dropped him at the third. My pick. God, bro! Like, I hey, think I, I think I think the other perfect storm is the rule changes allowed them to be more physical, yeah. and they got to yeah. like clean with those three big, <laughs> those yep. three big guys. It's just yep. a perfect storm. And what's most impressive is they have the schedule from hell. And are eight and sitting at eight and five, nine and four right now. Just the, the their defense has been exceptional, man. So um I've always been a big Garland guy. Just I like guys who just you can't guys who you can't stay in front of, those are mm-hmm. invaluable players. Cause once That's they develop, why I love Dennis. once they develop Dennis their once they develop their decision making, they become just a problem, right? Like you see John Morant. Number one thing is nobody can stay in front of him, right? That, that's the foundation of his game, and he just makes the right decision after. Same thing with Garland now. Nobody can stay in front of him. He forces help. He makes the right decision. He's starting to get an in-between game, floaters, finding guys. So, and then Mobley's just, man, uh, I haven't seen anything like that as a rookie, probably since AD defensively. Um, Let me not say something with Mobley because – Hey, like, you know me, I said, I said before the draft, and remember, I, I talked to you, I talked to the spaces, I said, right. 
My best player in this draft is Evan Mobley. Yeah, I remember you said I told, that. I told everybody, I said, Evan Mobley's going to be the best player in this draft, but I told him, I'm not sure he can play yet until two, three years from now when he bulks up, get his body right, and, and then he can really play in this league. For him to come out when the rules get more physical, Man. and to exert his will, like, he is having a first-team all-NBA defensive season as a rookie. Like him, and then you also got to give credit to Jerry Allen because he's not just yeah. some flat-footed big. He's a mobile big. He can move, you know what I mean? That's why they're able to get away with these two big lineups. Mobley and Allen can move, and Mobley especially, man. He, he's a terror on the premier. I mean, he's playing on the top of zones. Yeah. A big man, he's playing on the top of zones in, in the defense. Like, it's – it's we. I don't know if we've – like, have we seen this from big – I, I honestly can't even – Closest, like I would say, is Pete Chris yeah. Bosh, you know, offensively. Right. Offensively, you see some Chris Bosh there, but he wasn't this comfortable out there moving, handling the ball – bro, this dude is doing it all right away. You know, you got a superstar in the making if you look at Evan Mobley. And you might be right about that draft that draft take. You know, he might end up being, there's a high chance, the best player in this draft because the Cavs, bro, you got a gritty squad. The rule changes helped them. Now they could dog yeah. it out a little bit. You know, they could dog it out. Darius Garland, Shifty, that's the league now. Darius Garland is what the NBA now is. Mm-hmm. You know, Shifty point guards that can shoot that you can't stay in front of. You know, these guys are going to pick apart the pick and roll, you know, teams with the pick and roll. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, and if they play hard on defense, which they are doing right now, you got a situation, man. There's always going to be – you know what the thing is now with the league, bro? The league is so – it is so stacked with talent. There's so much, you know, depth on each team. It's yep. not even about who has the best talent anymore. It's about who puts it together right. That's true. Because even the Lakers got talent. That's what I mean. So it's like – Talent almost doesn't mean nearly as much anymore if you don't know how to put it together anymore. Exactly. So coaching is going to come back around because you remember how the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies should not be where they are right now. Like a lot of teams, if they were the Grizzlies, would have just said, fuck this, we're, we, we're, de- we're developing. You know, we're going to go into a rebuild. We don't feel like we have the right guys, but their coach, Taylor Jenkins, he, he, he maximized what he has. Perfect Storm created it and brought it to life. Now you see the Grizzlies on any given night that can compete with anyone in the West. You know, they made the playoffs last year. The Cavs are that team this year now, right now in the East. You've got a situation where this team's going into every matchup, you know, confident, ready to compete. you got these young pieces. you got Jared Allen, even Ricky Rubio, you know, coming in and being that vet, bro. Like, they got a good mix right now. And these crucial games, they're winning. This is the yeah. crucial time for the Cavs. It's these 10, 15, 20 games. That's where you develop your identity. Okay, are we leaning towards lottery or are we leaning towards let's compete right now? And you know, you know which way they're leaning right now. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Right. And, and that was the thing that, that was as I mentioned. The strength of schedule has been ridiculous. Not even like not even getting a cupcake schedule. These are all teams that we think are going to be deep playoff team. Right. The thing with Preston with Mobley is they were posting him up, giving him the rock and the crunch against Jay, against the Celtics, and then had they had him out in space guarding Jason Tatum. In the right. crunch, like as a rookie, like a shutdown there 28, 25. Imagine Akam, you had a great point, bro. And that's why I say even the Lakers had talent because it's like when you think about it, right? When I picked the Lakers, the Maples to win the West, I'm like, they just have a lot of talent. So they should just out talent teams. But you yeah. made a great point. Everybody has talent. Why that's why the league is talking about, you know, making expansion teams. Everybody has talent. It's right. like you said, how does it fit? How do you put it together? How does the play style come together? Because when you look at all these rosters, a lot of these dudes can ball, but right. can they ball in a, co- a cohesive manner? That's yes. really the key in this league now because you, it, 
you can say you have talent, but so does like four or five other teams you you line up that you that in your conference. So these new kids don't care, bro. These kids that are coming out of that UYBL, like they really believe they're on. I've seen, I've heard it all the time. I've been around the AAU scene, and you know, I see kids in the locker room. They dead ass believe like, yo, I'm better than Steph. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you saw Anthony Edwards like, hey, Steph, I'm going for fifty. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he almost got it. These guys almost got it. These guys are was like, "Hey, Steph, I'm going for 50. Yeah, like (laughs) you wouldn't see a rookie do that to a champion and a all-time goat. You know, do that before five, ten years ago, ten, fifteen years ago. These kids are different. They're ready to compete right away. So the Lakers, I thought the exact same thing as you, Kings. Like I thought the Lakers are just going to out talent everyone. You know, but it ain't 2016, 2017 anymore. The league Mm -hmm. has changed. And something's happening, bro. Any year we are set in for, you know, like there's going to be a surprise team just because everything clicked and they had the young guys that wanted it. Right. Man. And so one more thing before um, we get out of here. I had mentioned last week, so for the, the ground, I've been set in stone for this for like forever. So my top two scores of all time is, is just always going to be MJ and, and being for me. Like just from what I've seen, just MJ's you know, 10 scoring titles, amazing, like, Still second all time scoring with the, with the uh or second or third all time scoring with the year and a half break, right in early retirement. Is this and then Kobe just what he did? I think I say I truly believe Kobe played in the hardest era to score from the perimeter where he spent his and he played in a system that wasn't necessarily conducive to maximizing him personally, even if it wasn't right. the team. Right. Um, but just what KD's doing, <laughs> I, I, I'm slightly being moved because even with these these stricter rule changes. Like this, like listen, this this is absurd. Like if you just break it down by region, so he's eighty one percent at the rim, which is so he's finishing like Giannis, right? That's yeah. that's like a Giannis level finishing uh, from three to ten feet, fifty seven percent. From ten to 15, sixteen feet, fifty eight percent, and then from sixteen feet to three point, the most you know the 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 worst shot in the game, right? That that long midi, seventy one percent, and then on top of that, he's shooting forty four percent from three. Yeah. Right. So that 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 like it's crazy, bro. It's just it's just kind of absurd. And then you watch games and it's like he's getting 30 and it's on like 16 shots consistent. And he's only taking three free throws for the entire game. Right. So he can understand he came in the season understanding, okay, they're gonna be a little more physical this season, and it just doesn't matter. I'm gonna get to my spots. I'm just gonna use my seven foot three reach. I'm just gonna rise up over everybody. So man, how, how close. I don't know who your top scores ever are. How about how close exactly. is it's Kobe and Mike are the top? Yeah. How, how, how close is KD to you to, into entering that realm? Yeah. See, the thing is, like, it's crazy to say that Mike isn't the best scorer when you look at the resume of scoring. The 10 scoring titles, the points per game, all that shit. I believe Kobe, like, for the reasons you said, in the hardest era to score in, in the most, you know, in the triangle offense where it was a one-star team, no second guy really for the most part to take pressure off before pre- post-Shaq. And then I think Kobe's the best scorer ever. I thought he was able to shoot the three ball better than Michael. I thought he was able to, you know, create with his handle a little bit better and really had counters for everything Michael did times two. So he was basically adding another layer to what Jordan did and executing it against a little bit tougher defense. That being said, I think Kevin Durant, Man, like you said, bro, like I'm looking at this shit. Like, I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> you know this shit, is, 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 he's getting there, bro. He's getting there. Like, he would have to live in this space for like two or three more years because I don't think Kevin's the explosive score Jordan and Kobe were, you know? Yeah, the He can't, like, he's not going to go off. He'll get 35 every night at a high, high clip. 
But you you weren't going to see Kevin Durant have 60 this week. In two weeks, he'll have 458, you know, 65. That's because of his build. He's not built like them. You know, like those guys had strong lower bodies. They could explode all game, you know, at 6'5", 6'6". Um, you know, six, six, you know, Durant's a little bit different. He's more towards the Dirk style, you know, like you can't maneuver like that as a bigger, you know, he, he maximizes what you could do. Katie's like the created player. Remember in live, you would try to create a player, you make him right. taller, the quickness would go down. <laughs> you know, you, you would try to make him taller, but then the quickness and the vertical would go down. You Then you would make him shorter, but then the, all that other shit would go down. He's like that perfect guy that you always tried making and you couldn't make in a video game, but it's getting close. I just don't know, you know, like, I don't think KD saw the defenses that those two guys saw because the way that basketball's been played the last five years. But I think he's right there, man. I think he's right there, number three. Um, but let's see where it goes, man. He's been he's been on a god tier level himself right now. Go ahead, Kings. Yeah, man. I mean, it's I mean, Maples. We've had this argument many times. <laughs> like I say, and I'm gonna tell everybody again, man. What like when you talk about score, what, what are we talking about? I know where you're going. What are we talking about? Because we talk about, I get it. If you want to go versatility, who has this counter, who has this skill set, I get it. You know, Kobe, you know, Jordan, I get it. Top two, because they really had the whole the whole variety. But when you go off straight production and you go off, can you get a bucket? It don't matter what it looked like. Can you do it year in, year out? Like I told you, man, and I said this and I've been consistent with it. I have LeBron over Kobe scoring because I see LeBron go get a bucket at a high level every single year. Career average 27 <laughs> points per game every single year. It don't always look good. You know what I mean? But it's, it's for somebody who can't shoot free throws at a high level to get 27 a night every single year of his career going on 20 years, looking like he's going to break the all-time scoring record. For me, it's like, when it comes to scoring, it's like I get the skill set aspect of it. So if you have guys over because you value variety, cool. But I just value putting the ball in the hoop. So for me, I have I always have Brown over Kobe in that aspect. And I have MJ first because he I think he did it at the highest level out of everybody with all the scoring championships and the scoring titles. And he did it officially. So he basically averaged the, the highest career uh, points per game in the career. Right. MJ's at number one. I mean, over 30 a game in 16 seasons, and that's with the Wizards year. So it's like for me, when you have somebody like that who's shy at a high level, it's like that's the number one guy, 10 scoring titles. I have always told everybody, because for me, I have, I have LeBron over Kobe. I don't think it's not like no gap. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it's all close, and I could see where you take other guys. I actually told people I have KD number two all-time scoring, and it's for the reasons that I said, because I have my criteria. Right, right. Can right. you score at a high level – and do it efficiently, as in don't you don't take up too many possessions. Because one of my things with Kobe is that he knew he was so talented. He had so many moves. He hunted too many shots he probably shouldn't have took because he knew he could make it. You know what I mean? Because he knew that <laughs> I'm so much, I'm so good, and my team isn't this good. I'm gonna go ahead and hunt their shot because I have the ability to make the shot. He had that confidence because he had that type of skill. Where I think guys like KD, guys like LeBron were always like, you know. I'm going to try and lean on my guys and really pick the spots so I can be more efficient and more effective with getting these buckets and, you know, trying to uh, accumulate points in a way that's going to be more, uh, it's going to be less taxing as well as try to, keep, you know, keeping the team possessions 
flowing so they're not wasting, you know, trying to waste possessions or trying to keep, you know, stay in the ball game in terms of playing a team team role. So that's how I, I look at they Kobe and KD didn't uh, I mean, KD and LeBron didn't take as many possessions because they were getting t- taking less hero ball shots. So that's why I have them over and I have KD over LeBron because of shooting. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, go on. Go ahead, go ahead. We, 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 we say this to the end so you wouldn't hang up on us. So, uh, no, 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 you're good. no, 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 this ain't motherfucking NBA live where I'm just in the practice gym by myself doing shit, you know, or, you know, you playing one-on-one in the streets. I'm really relating it to five-on-five basketball. Now you got to understand, bro. Right. You know, like LeBron, no, I can't say shit about LeBron. He's top three ever to me, period. You know what I mean? But when I look at LeBron and you talk about scoring specifically now, the, and this is where, bro, this is great. Cause you brought this up. This is where I speak on the eye test. And this is where I speak on, so much of the the actually, you know, feeling what was happening in the game rather than raw numbers. Right. Now, LeBron statistically scoring-wise, if you look at the paper, if you just look at raw, it's just straight up at the paper. LeBron is probably the greatest score, second greatest, third greatest score of all time, right? And when I really look at what happened, now look, if you were to plug in into those heat situations with that LeBron was in, say they were just in that finals alone, you know, if you were to plug in a COVID, so the, the main thing with the, the Dallas series and the Spurs series that people don't know is they were able to game plan around LeBron's inability at that time right. to shoot the ball from the three comfortably, repeatedly possession after possession. I don't yeah. think you'd be able to drop or sag on a Kobe like that. I don't think you could sag on I understand. A, and KD because they didn't have a weakness, right? And because the Dallas Mavs were able to implement that defensive system on LeBron and those series when he was the focal point of the offense coming into that series the whole year they ended up lost you know on the court you saw them awkwardly run their offense and it cost them two crucial finals you know um, that being said like he's made it work many many times and then again in 2016 when you look at the Warriors series and this is why I'm so high on Kyrie it's not Kyrie's bag that I'm blown away by it's how did Kyrie overcome all this pressure in the most crucial moments, in the most, you know, heightened level of defensive intensity. It was through that bag. It was through that skill level, right? When no one else was making those shots, when no one else was creating those shots, they were able to give it to this guy right here who had this whole bag of tricks, and he was able to cook some shit out and get you points on the board, right? So it's not always about the points. It's about how and when and how the points were, you know, put on the board and in what situation, what did they mean? So that's why... I felt like if LeBron had the wonderful pull-up on lock earlier in his career, he hasn't now. He's got it right. in season two. I don't think – like, the early, I don't even uh, – I hate when people shit on LeBron's first portion of his career. Like, nothing you can hold against him when he lost those Cleveland years the first time. He didn't have the help, period. He just didn't have the help. You know, yep. putting a 45 on Orlando, still losing. Like, that's not <laughs> his fault at all, bro. You talk to King's like, language right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you can't you – can't, you cannot knock for LeBron. Like, he overachieved in Cleveland to me in what he did from 03 to 2010, and he spoiled people in the process. But I'm saying the, there was holes in his repertoire, not massive holes, but there was, like, a lack of comfort doing certain yeah, things. Yeah, that's true. He does. 
in those key moments in the highest stage, that's why I can't put him over those guys. That's why I talk about like LeBron to me is not, he's not a pure hooper. He's everything. He's like a transformer. He does, you know, he's a freak of nature with skill level, you know, and things like that. But sometimes you need that specialty. And in certain moments, you know, you need that. At the end of the day, he still has four rings. So fuck it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm about to say, hey, at the end of the day, he got it done. Yeah. Now, but I, I totally understand that because I, I go to the first uh, go around with uh, Cleveland. Like you, you brought the good point because LeBron was fresh off cooking. I think uh, Eastern Conference uh, royalty in the in the Pistons, right? And uh, he went to San Antonio and he he played a horrible series. Man, everybody kind of shrugs it off because he was young. He was 22, and, and you know it was one of the first go around. But you did have a good point because whereas Kobe was killing San Antonio at a young age. LeBron didn't because he had those weaknesses that Popovich was able to to see well, that yeah. lack of comfort in the mid range game. You know, right. taking what the defense gives them in the mid range uh, in the mid range department. I mean, we we kind of talk about this in the football related sense with Pat Mahomes not always going for the home run. Take what the defense gives you, hit the intermediate, hit the short. Uh, Popovich was trying to dare LeBron to do that. You know, hey, we're not going to give you the rim looks. You know, what I mean, we're not going to uh, give you the rhythm threes. You're going to have to get into this mid-range area and you're going to have to hit five mid-range shots in a, in, in a, in a quarter yeah. to get your to get your shit off. And, it almost worked in 2013. It almost worked in 2013. It worked in 2014 again. But like you, you remember how much of a drag that and that Spurs team was great, great, great. But I'm saying that that heat t- team went through hell to win that one because they had to figure shit out on the fly. Yeah. I, th- I think it was the end of, I think the end of when they find, when Ray Allen hit the three to force that OT, I think LeBron finally figured out, I got to go just, just trust my in between game. They're not giving me this rim. And then you saw him do that game. Right. Sorry, I guess Kawhi. Yeah. The, shot, the shot that is not talked about LeBron, that LeBron hit is a one robo pull up against the Spurs. Yep. 92 88. He put him up. He was yeah. a go ahead jumper in game seven. Kawhi. Yeah. Kawhi. That's exactly what I was bringing up. That was a one robo pull up. Like the Spurs gave it to him and said, "There you go, dare you to make it," and he made yeah. it. But in many moments, like he he wasn't comfortable taking that. But it was ultimately when he took that, made that, that he put that series away. Yep, right. Dope, good stuff, y'all. Um, take this opportunity, hit the follow and subscribe button on the podcast again. We appreciate you guys. Uh, it's really jumping off this year with, with with the listening numbers. We appreciate you guys. Don't ever think you know we try to respond to every piece of feedback that you guys give us. Follow Ball Don't Stop on Twitter. Man. He said he's about to get more active on the app. You know, yeah, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm about to hit my guy right now. You know, the funniest thing, bro, I had I had I had you blocked for the longest time, man. <laughs> and the longest time in the beginning, but but I I, 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 I unblocked him uh, before the playoffs because like it was just like you said, bro. When you start breaking down the game, you start breaking down the you talked about the one dribble pull up over the both shoulders. I'm like, nah, he really talking about who? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like it's like I I may not always agree with his conclusion, but he's talking about basketball, so I I can't knock it. You know what I mean? So that's when I was like, "Hey, bro, bro, I don't do narratives. I don't do narratives. I don't do, you know, just listing blatant numbers. Like I'm talking deep game. You know, straight up, just basketball. I love the game. You know, so I'm talking about absolutely. I'm talking about what I see on the court. I'm talking about what I think could be better on the court. You know, and people might agree, people might not agree, but at the end of the day, I just love the game, bro. Hey, and we all respect that for real. A lot. I think a lot of people respect that at the end of the day. Right. Follow Ball Don't Stop on Twitter. Uh, at Ball Don't Stop. Follow at It's Kings, bro. Follow myself, JJ Maples 55 underscore MST. This was dope. one of my favorite pods we've ever done, man. This was really dope. Uh, Ankum, really appreciate you, man. Real talk, man. Short notice. Appreciate you hopping in with us, man.
Yes, sir, man. You guys post this. Let me know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share it on my shit too for sure. All right, all right. Appreciate uh, having you, bro. For real, man. And uh, we are out of here. You guys be safe. Peace, y'all.